Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. And welcome back to a brand new week of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, Jay. P. Stinko. If you haven't already, please make sure you're following me on Twitter because we are about to get the ball rolling. It is officially fantasy football redraft season. And what I mean by that is NFL playoffs are done. NFL free agency is done. Baseball's right almost at the all-star break. The NHL playoffs are done. And it's time to focus on your fantasy football redraft leagues. And if you aren't doing your research now, what are you waiting for? Because everybody else in your league is certainly doing so. Don't be that guy that goes to the local corner store and buys one of those fantasy magazines and thinks you're going to win your league. It's just not going to happen that way. Trust me. Follow this podcast. Follow me at Twitter at JP Sticko, and I promise you, you will dominate your league. I have to apologize if my sound's a little bit off. I'm actually doing this episode remotely. We went away for 4th of July weekend. I had jury duty all last week, so I apologize if you guys are waiting for one of my podcasts to release last week. I was stuck in a case of all cases. Don't want to get into that with y'all here, but it was a tough case to swallow. But that is done with. Fourth of July weekend is over. And now it's officially time to dig deep and talk fantasy sports. But this episode here, my friends, and the following episodes for the remainder of this week, probably into next week, are going to be special episodes because I'm going to break down each division win-loss totals, as well as fantasy guys to target on each one of those teams. I was supposed to have Candice and my friend Ren on this episode today. However, time got all mixed up. I got called into work, so I was unable to make the time frame in which we set for. But that episode will be on Friday. We're going to talk a ton of Seattle Seahawks on Friday. So make sure, if you're wondering which running backs running back to own in Seattle... Friday's episode is for you. But on today's episode, I decided that I want to talk about the NFC South. We got the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to give you the win and loss totals that I project for all four of these teams, as well as some players that you're going to want to target in this year's Fantasy Football PPR Redraft Leagues. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. So the first team that I want to really talk about here in the NFC South is a sleeper team for me, a team that I actually really think is going to have a pretty good season this year. I do believe that they're going to make the playoffs and possibly sneak in a win. This team is the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints last year finished second in the NFC South. Do I think that changes? No. 
because I believe Tampa Bay Buccaneers are still the team to beat in the NFC South. However, I do believe the Saints can cause some trouble in the NFL this season. Let me tell you why. Did you know that this New Orleans Saints team, without Jameis Winston, without Michael Thomas, had nine wins last year? Do you know what their over-under win total is this year? Eight. So I'm going to be making my decision on whether or not the New Orleans Saints have eight or more wins in the 2022 NFL season. Again, guys, they won nine games last year without Jameis Winston for a majority of the, of the season and without Michael Thomas for the entirety of the season. Not only did they have, not have those guys, but they also didn't have the rookie that they drafted this year, Chris Olave, and they also didn't have the free agent wide receiver in which they signed this offseason as well, Jarvis Landry. I think this offense is extremely extremely underrated. This offense is going to be potent. This offense is going to be putting up some big, crooked numbers this season. Now, a lot of this does sort of, kind of, but not really rest on the availability of Alvin Kamara. Do I think Alvin Kamara will be suspended? It's sure looking that way. I didn't think he was going to be suspended, but it is sure looking that way. Um, no news has really been coming out on Alvin Kamara. It's been very hush-hush. So we're just still on that wait-and-see approach. But even with Alvin Kamara not in the lineup, I still believe the New Orleans Saints can have over eight wins this season. Because not only is this offense, I think, going to be very good this year, but their defense is back and even better than they were last year. In 2021, they were the seventh best defense in yards per game. They gave up only 318 yards per game. That was seventh best in the NFL. Against the run, even better. They were fourth best against the run last year and number one in rushes per attempt so that means they must have had a few games where a running back had broken off a few big plays because they ranked number one in rushes per rushing yards per play now their pass defense last year was middle tier they were middle of the ground ranked pass defense they were eighth in sacks, however, and a number that I really like to look at when I'm looking at defenses, how were they on third downs? Could they stop the offense, get the offense off the field, and get their offense on the field? They ranked eighth on third down percentages last year, so that means they were eighth best against offenses on third down. So, you know, the last number that I like to look at, it's pretty telling. I mean, it's obviously very telling, is points per game. New Orleans Saints last year, guys, were fourth best in the NFL, and they only gave up, on average, 17 points per game. So if you think the Saints can give up just 17 points per game next year and have the additions that they added on the offensive side of the ball, and you don't think they're going to get over eight wins this year? You are crazy. Oh, did I mention, remember that middle-of-the-tier pass defense that I said they had last year? That got better. They signed Marcus May, 
Daniel Sorison, and even the Honey Badger. All three of these guys will help their defense in 2022. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to look at their schedule real fast. Okay, let's go through their schedule. Let's see, you know, potential losses here. So week two versus Tampa Bay, that's a tough one. Now, it is important to mention that the New Orleans Saints swept the Buccaneers last year. They were 2-0 against Tampa Bay last year. But I do think Tampa Bay wins week two. Now, I don't see them losing again until week six against the Cincinnati Bengals. Then they have a stretch here of the eh, maybe possibly games. Win or loss against Arizona. Win or loss against Las Vegas. Those can go kind of either way. So just for the purposes of this podcast, let's say they lose those games. They lose Arizona. They lose to Las Vegas. And then again, they lose to Baltimore in week nine. I think they beat Pittsburgh. Then they go to Los Angeles against the Rams. Uh, they're going to lose against the Rams. They're going to lose against San Francisco. And then I think they're going to get swept by Tampa Bay. And that'll be week 13. And then they reach their bye. This is critical for their over-under. Why? Because after their bye, weeks 15 through 18, they play the Atlanta Falcons, Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Carolina Panthers. I think they win all four of those games. And that means they win all four of the last week games. So if you go ahead, okay, and you say they lose week two, week six, week eight, week nine, and then 11 through 13, you know what win total that puts them at? 10 wins. So I think they go over eight wins. I think this is one of the better bets actually in Vegas. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number starts to creep up a little bit. This is extremely surprising that it's only at eight. I get it. They had to play Tampa Bay twice. They got Cincinnati on their docket. They got Los Angeles, San Francisco. But again, they're going to beat up on Atlanta. They're going to beat up on Carolina. They're going to beat up on Seattle. They have probably a really good chance of beating Minnesota. They're going to beat Pittsburgh. They're going to beat Cleveland without, without their quarterback, Deshaun Watson. They're going to beat Atlanta, at uh, Philadelphia because at the end of the year, Philadelphia is going to choke. And again, they're going to beat up on Carolina. I love the over here on the New Orleans Saints. Now let's talk quickly some fantasy football aspects of the New Orleans Saints. I am huge on Jameis Winston this year. Jameis Winston's current ADP is 174, and he's currently ranked at QB 22. Jameis Winston in 2021 in seven games do 1,170 yards, 14 touchdowns, and three interceptions, my people. He had a QBR rating of 102.8. People tend to forget that Jameis Winston studied under Drew Brees for a full season. He did not complain. He simply studied under Drew Brees. I think he has figured out the quarterback position, I hope, and I think that he's going to be down on his interceptions and turnovers because of the fact that he has learned New Orleans way and has learned under Drew Brees. So if you're looking, which I'm going to be doing this season, to wait on your quarterback, take Jameis Winston. Quarterback 22. That to me is wild. You can, you can draft your entire team and then draft Jameis Winston. That's how low he is going. So I will be doing that in one of my drafts. Again, I'm very high on Jameis Winston this season. 
Olave, I love Olave as well this year. You know, he was coming out of college at Ohio State. All the scouts were saying he's pro-ready. So what does that actually mean? So what that means to me is that he's a good route runner. He's got pro-type hands. He's smart enough to learn and pick up a playbook quickly. He's got the body size, body weight. He's a smaller receiver. But I think he's a perfect fit for New Orleans Saints this year. He's not the best, you know, run after catch wide receiver, but I don't really think he has to because his current ADP is 111 and he's going wide receiver 46 in PPR leagues. I love taking a chance on Chris Olave. Why not? Again, this New Orleans Saints offense should be explosive. Michael Thomas is on the fantasy radar. Jarvis Landry is on the fantasy radar. And of course, that Saints defense, if you're in a defense league, is really high on that radar. I think they finish in the top three this season in fantasy football. I'm not even going to mention Kamara. There's really no reason to mention Kamara until we get word that he's coming back. Um, I don't really want to waste time talking about what could be's and what ifs, but until we know, you know, is Kamara actually playing? All right. So keep your eye on Michael Thomas's injury. That's number one. Soon as you get word that he's starting to ramp up uh, his football activity and he's starting to join back the team, that's when you need to focus your eyes on Michael Thomas. I do think he's going a little bit high here at wide receiver 24 in PPR. Um, I say that because of the injury, right? We don't know. Where is he? Is he playing? What's going on? So I'm, I'm tending to stay away from Michael Thomas here. Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 51 could be a steal if Michael Thomas, you know, misses a lot of games. Why not, right? Jarvis Landry can be a very reliable target for Jameis Winston on those third downs, goal line, those type of things. Jarvis Landry's got great hands. He's a veteran. The New Orleans Saints need that veteran presence, and I think he's the perfect fit in New Orleans. If Olave and or Michael Thomas go down, Jarvis Landry could be a steal here in fantasy football. Very, very late. He's going wide receiver 51 in PPR leagues. Okay, again, recap New Orleans Saints over eight wins, fantasy implications, Winston, Olave, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, their defense, and then of course, is Kamara gonna play or not? New Orleans Saints, over eight, book it. All right, now um, we're gonna break down the opposite end of the spectrum here, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons over-under is currently set at five and a half. So will Atlanta Falcons win over five and a half games? So that means will they hit six wins this season? Atlanta Falcons, guys, is in a 100% rebuild. You know, is it Mariota? Is it going to be Ritter? Is it, you know, who's their starting quarterback? I think it's going to start with Mariota, but I don't know if that's going to last if he struggles mightily and this team can't buy a win. But that's not really my biggest concern in Atlanta. Their defense is atrocious. They did make some two free agent moves for the, to boast their defensive line, but I still think it stinks. Their D-line was ranked 32nd last year, which was worst in the league. They gave up the third most points per game at 27 points per game. Guys, Atlanta Falcons are not going to score over 24 points a game this year on average. Probably not even 21 points per game on average. The, the quarterback play is, is going to be troublesome. 
that gave up almost 28 points a game last year. This defense is bad. Seventh worst yards per. They gave up 364 yards on average a game last year. It's almost 400 yards. <laughs> and then the stat that I love to look at, like I told you last segment when I was talking about the Saints, who ranked fourth in this category, fourth best, the Falcons ranked third worst on third down percentage. Teams on third down against the Atlanta Falcons guys had a 48% chance of getting a first down. That's almost a 50% chance of getting a first down on third down. That is terrible. That is a great recipe for giving up 28 points a game. You can't get the offense off the field on third down. You will not win games. Over under five and a half. I'm going under five and a half wins. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be abysmal this year. I think they could beat Seattle. And then, I don't know, can they beat Chicago? Can they beat Carolina? Uh, we'll give them one win against Carolina. Well, whatever, we'll give them a win against Chicago. And then maybe one win against who? Washington? I don't think they win in Washington. I just don't think they could beat Washington in Washington. Their last four games of the season, people, New Orleans, Baltimore, Arizona, and Tampa Bay. Maybe they squeak in one of those like week 18 wins, right, where Tampa Bay is going to sit everybody, but that's not Tom Brady's way, right? Tom Brady likes to go into the playoffs hot, so I don't even think that's a possibility. Give me, for the Atlanta Falcons, a max five wins. Max five wins this year. New Orleans, this is the their schedule in order. New Orleans, Rams, Seattle, Browns, Bucks, 49ers, Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, Bears, Commanders, Steelers, Bye Week, Saints, Ravens, Cardinals, Bucks. That schedule is hard. That schedule is brutal. And the fact that they have to go to Seattle is another iffy question there, even when I gave them the W in Seattle. So I'm going Atlanta Falcons. I'll give them four wins. So I'm going to go under five and a half Atlanta Falcons. For fantasy implications, there's only a few guys here, guys, that I would kind of even recommend targeting. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is that dude. Uh, tight end number three. He had 20% target share in 2021. That is a very high number for tight ends. And on the plus side for the quarterbacks, I know the quarterbacks aren't any good, but Marcus Mariota loves throwing to his tight ends. Did you know when Marcus Mariota was a starter in Tennessee, he targeted the tight end almost 30% of the time? That is very, very good look for Kyle Pitts. I think if Ritter comes in eventually as the season progresses, it could hurt Pitts a little bit. Um, I don't suggest really drafting. You know, I don't like Pitts in the second round, and uh, I guess you could take a shot of him in the third round. I just don't like the quarterback play in Atlanta. I want to stay away from him. Drake London's another guy you could target, rookie uh, wide receiver out of USC. His ADP is 95, wide receiver number 40. Um, he's going around the seventh round, so if you want to take a shot at him as a fringe wide receiver three, 
it's possible. But again, I like another rookie, and that rookie I mentioned in the last segment. Give me Chris Olave over Drake London this year in redraft leagues for sure. You know, you got Cordell Patterson running back number 40 in PPR, but there's an issue there in Atlanta. Um, I really like Allergier. I've been saying that since they drafted the kid out of BYU. This kid is a stud. If you've never seen highlights of him, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and watch his highlights. He had the fourth most rushing yards last year with 1,600 yards. He scored 23 touchdowns. So what that means to me is eventually Allergier is going to take over the early down roll. Cordell Patterson is going to have the third down roll. Goal line is also, in my opinion, going to go to Allegier. Why? He has a nose for the end zone. End zone. 23 touchdowns in college. This kid's a beast. This kid runs very, very hard. I think the Falcons, to stop the bleeding, are going to say, all right, Tyler Allegier, take the ball and run. Take the ball and run. We, we're tired of giving up 28 points a game. we got to slow this game down. we got to keep our defense off the field. So how do you keep the defense off the field? You run the football. Tyler Allegier. So... Atlanta Falcons, over, under, five and a half, under. Atlanta Falcons, fantasy implications. Pitts, eh. London, eh. Patterson, eh. Allegier, sure, why not? He is running back number 53. Why not just take a flyer on him very, very late, have him sit on your bench, and see what happens. Atlanta Falcons, Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. Next team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their over-under win total for 2022 football season is 11.5. They have a very, very tough schedule. But did you know that the Saints swept the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year? Did you know that that was half of their loss total in 2021? Tom Brady, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. I know Godwin's not playing, but they have Russell Gage. I know Gronk has retired, but it's still Tom Brady. I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady until Tom Brady says I'm going to hang it up. Even in the playoffs, even if the whole team is injured and it's Tom Brady versus 12, I'm still taking TB12 over the entire other team until Tom Brady retires. I've learned my lesson. Now, with that being said, I do have to say my, my betting skills against Tom Brady is 2-0. and Do you know why? The only two times that I bet against Tom Brady... New York Giants Super Bowls. I, I'm gonna. I'm a Giants fan, and I just did it because why not? Let's go, G man. So guess what, guys? I'm two and zero betting against Tom Brady, but I'm not gonna do it again unless the Giants play the Bucks. <laughs> so I'm staying away 
from betting against Tom Brady. Give me the over. And it's not even just that offense, guys. Our offense is going to be potent as always. But they have a really good defense. They were third against the run last year. 13th middle ground-ish against yards per game. 7th in sacks. But they were 6th with points against at 20 points 20.8 actually, so I'll give him 21 points against per game. Tom Brady puts up more than 21 points a game, which means Tampa Bay Bucks are going to hit that over 11 and a half in 2022. Now, am I very confident in this? I'm saying I'm confident. I wouldn't say I'm very confident because their schedule is just, it's hard. They have a really, really tough schedule. Um, they start week one against Dallas, and I really think they could lose week one in Dallas. Again, I'm a Giants fan. I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. But I think Dallas, especially in the early part of the next season, has got a lot to prove. So I do think Dallas comes away with a win at Dallas Sunday night, week one. Then they go to New Orleans. That's always a tough game for Tampa Bay. I just told you New Orleans swept them last year. New Orleans defense can stop Tom Brady at times. Can they do it again? Green Bay, Kansas City, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Carolina. Then they go to Baltimore. Sorry, Baltimore comes to them. Rams, and then Seattle, bye week. Browns, Saints, San Fran, Cincinnati, Cardinals, Carolina, Atlanta. I think they're going to beat up on their division, which is going to certainly help their win-loss total. What is Green Bay going to be this year? What is Kansas City going to be this year? What's Pittsburgh going to be this year? So they are going over 11 and a half wins in 2022. For fantasy implications, Tampa Bay has a ton. Why? Because Tom Brady plays quarterback. <laughs> Tom Brady, QB9. I love Tom Brady if you're going to you know try to wait a little bit on your quarterbacks. I've been getting him pretty late in my mock drafts. I already have both running backs. I already have three receivers, and then I'm grabbing Tom Brady, something along those lines. Uh, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Again, don't bet against Tom Brady. I really am starting to really like Evans more and more this year. Last year, Evans only had 16% of the target share, but he still finished eighth in PPR. That is crazy. I think that target share goes up this year. Gronk is gone. Godwin is hurt. Evans is his, he's comfortable throwing to Evans. I think 16% target share is on the very, very, very low end for Evans in 2022. I see an upward trend there. Russell Gage, I just mentioned before, I love Russell Gage. He's going wide receiver 47. I think that is extremely too low. I think he's an absolute steal. He's currently sitting, because of Godwin's injury, at Brady's number two wide receiver for the foreseeable future. What are we doing here, people? Get Russell Gage. It's a steal. Absolute steal. Leonard Fournette is an interesting one here. I, I really love where he sits. He's sitting at running back 13 in PPR drafts. I think that's an absolute steal for Leonard Fournette. I think he can finish, and I think he does finish somewhere within the top 10, if not 11. Um, the only little bit of concern for me with him is an injury, and if that happens, you better have Rashad White on your team. Running back 52, I think he is a wonderful, fantastic must-have handcuff for Fournette owners, but I also think that he could do some damage as a plug-and-play player if he starts really taking advantage over those third-down roles. Now, Fournette played really well in third down. I don't know if White steps right into that role, 
but only time will tell. He's worth a late round flyer. Godwin, not going to talk about him. I'm not talking about injured guys here or guys that could be suspended like Kamara. If you want to know about Godwin, ask me on Twitter. I will give you my feelings on Godwin on Twitter. Okay, Bucks over 11 and a half this year. Brady, Evans, Gage, Fournette, White, and possibly Godwin are people to own in fantasy. And last, and certainly least, the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers in 2021 finished fourth in the NFC South. Their over-under is set at six, and I'm kind of shocked that it's even set at six. Matt Rule and the head coach might as well just be sitting on a hot flame of fire because he makes one mistake or they slip up, he's gone. And once he's gone, everything else will tumble. They need to stay healthy. I mean, that's the bottom line with the Carolina Panthers. It's all riding on whether or not they're over or under hit six as if Christian McCaffrey plays. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. I think Christian McCaffrey, because he's on the field, easily, easily ups their over under by three games. Meaning that I think because he plays, they can win three more games this season. If he doesn't play, they're not winning those three games. Who's going to play quarterback? Is it Donald? Corral? Who's going to play? Who, who's their quarterback? They have a great wide receiver. I love DJ Moore, but they need a quarterback to get him the ball. It's so annoying. Now, their defense wasn't terrible last year. They were second in the league, best defense, second in the league against yards per game. 18th ranked rushing, fourth against the pass, ninth on third downs, and 21st point in points per game at 24. How are you second in yards per game? In the league, and then 21st in points per game. They, they can't move the ball on offense, guys. So when they defense gets on the field, they're already backed up towards their end zone. The offenses have great starting position against the Carolina Panthers. Their defense is not the issue. It's their offense that is the issue. And that's what I mean by if CMC can play a full season, I think he gives them two to three win total more than he would if he didn't play. That's how much I believe CMC matters to this offense. Obviously, he matters in fantasy, but just in real-life football, I think it's three wins, which is a lot for any position player outside of quarterback. So six wins. I'm going under six wins. Let's take a look at their schedule real quick. I saw I was reading an article here, and they say that they're going to beat the Cleveland Browns and they're going to beat the New York Giants to start the season 2-0. I think that is absolutely false. I think they lose both of those games. Giants are going to be better than we think they are, and the Cleveland Browns on offense are going to be better than we think they are going to be without Deshaun Watson. Jacoby Brissett isn't terrible. He's not great. He's not, ter- he's, not, he's not terrible. They have a running game. Cleveland's going to pound the heck out of the Carolina Panthers. Their offense, stinky. Carolina Panthers offense is stinky. Cleveland Browns are going to win week one. And they're going to, Giants are going to beat them in week two. And then it's all downhill from there. They got the Saints lost, Cardinals lost, 49ers lost, Rams lost, Bucks lost. They may be 0-7 to start the season. Okay, so they beat the Giants 1-6 to start the season. Oh, okay, they beat the Giants and the Browns 2-5 to start the season. 
Then they go to Atlanta. Ah, that's a toss-up. I think they win one of them in Atlanta. They're not going to beat Atlanta twice. They're going to win one. And then they go to Cincinnati. Back to Atlanta. Uh, they can play at home against Atlanta. And then it's Ravens, Broncos, bye week. Seahawks, sure, they could beat the Seahawks. Steelers, nope, they lose to the Steelers. Lions, nope, they lose to the Lions. Bucks, and then they finish off in New Orleans. Six wins to me is way too high for the Carolina Panthers. Give me the under. Six wins in Carolina. For fantasy purposes, there's not many in Carolina because they are not very good. But of course, Christian McCaffrey, he is ADP number three in PPR and running back number three in PPR. I know I've gotten a lot of slack about this. I just don't like CMC at number three. I will take Christian McCaffrey if he falls five or higher. And I wouldn't do it Happily, maybe even six or higher. I want Justin Jefferson and my top four running backs. If you don't know who my top four running backs are, find it on Twitter. If you can't find it on Twitter, ask me. I'm not going to talk about it now. But I like four running backs above him, and I really want Justin Jefferson this year. That puts him at six. And I'd really be hesitant to take him there. That injury bug is killing me, especially if the Panthers are not good this year. They're not. What are they going to run him for? Right? How many years are they going to do that in a row? Well, it's a Carolina Panthers. How many years are they going to be losing? Haven't been good since Cam Newton was the original Cam Newton many years ago when I was a child doing the Superman in the end zone. Team's not good. Love DJ Moore. He is uh, currently PPR wide receiver 18. I love it, DJ Moore. I just don't like the quarterback situation. DJ Moore is an absolute beast. Love him. He's a great wide receiver. Plays hard. But I just don't like him because of his quarterbacks. Now, Christian McCaffrey helps. Okay, Christian McCaffrey spreads. You know, the defense has got to take account for Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore will see a lot of different coverages. Baker Mayfield will help even more. Yeah, I said it. Baker Mayfield needs to be in Carolina. If Baker Mayfield goes to Carolina, DJ Moore, wide receiver PPR, goes much higher. I'd put him even somewhere in the top 13 if Baker Mayfield gets to Carolina. Okay? So, love DJ Moore as a player. I don't like him as much in fantasy yet. Unless they get Baker Mayfield, Christian McCaffrey. Of course, Christian McCaffrey's worth drafting, but I don't like him at three. I like him more at six or beyond. But draft Deontay Foreman as a handcuff. Very late. He's currently going running back 65. Get Deontay Foreman. He was produced in Tennessee when he got his opportunity last year when Henry went down. He's a decent running back. He's a great handcuff to have if CMC goes down. Okay? Draft Deontay Foreman with one of your last picks. Draft CMC after the sixth sixth or later. DJ Moore, do what you want with him. Um, I just want to stay away, unfortunately. Like I said, I think he's an unbelievable wide receiver. I just don't like the quarterback situation. Panthers. Under six wins, book it. That's going to put a bow on the NFC South episode. I really had fun here talking wagering with you guys. I'm going to do that moving forward. So if you like this episode, please make sure you subscribe, like, do whatever you can, share it, get my name out there. I greatly appreciate it. If you haven't already, make sure you follow me on Twitter at JP Sticko. 
And I'll see you guys on Friday where we're going to talk a lot about the Seattle Seahawks and whether or not you want to own one of the running backs, Penny or Walker, and whether or not it's smart to even draft DK Metcalf this year, right? Seattle really doesn't have a quarterback. Is it Drew Locke? What is Baker Mayfield going to do about his decision? Is he going to come to Seattle? Because we're going to have a sports ethos in Seattle Seahawks insider on the podcast on Friday. I'll also be joined by Ren Piper, my buddy, who was on my episode about two episodes ago. And we are really going to break down some fantasy and wagering insight with everybody. As always, my friends, make sure you are safe. I'm going to not be remote next week. Uh, Sorry, on Friday, I'm going to be back in the lab, in the fantasy garage, as I like to call it, behind the mic, and my sound will be better. As always, stay safe and peace, love, and fantasy football. I'll see you guys on Friday.